the older you get, the less you care about what people think. And I don't need to really impress anyone anymore um, other than the people I care about. So, you know, having these conversations, I don't really care who I upset or piss off. It's time for change and um, someone needs to drive it. Today on Dirty Linen, we are heading to the beautiful Barossa Valley to chat to Alana Brabban, the head chef at Lindock Hill, one of the spectacular destination restaurants in that region of South Australia. Alana, welcome to Dirty Linen. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. I haven't, you know, made it over to the Barossa for a while uh, due to, you know, a few glitches in the world, the running of the world, um, but it's such a special place. Put us in the picture. Tell us about, about Lindock Hill, the, the land around, the farmers that you work with and what it's like to eat and work there. Oh, wow. Well, um, it's quite incredible. So Lindock Hill um, and Barossa Chateau are owned by Mandy and Mark Creed uh, and it's 25 acres of rose garden. It's a massive veggie patch. It's wine barrels full of all sorts of incredible uh, herbs and things. Um, and we are on a hill, believe it or not, being Lindock Hill, um, just outside of Lindock um, and we are surrounded by some of the most incredible producers, um, I think, in Australia and are super lucky to be able to utilise um, some of the, the incredible uh, passion uh, that is in the area. Yeah. Well, tell us about, you know, the food offering there and some of the producers that play into that. Absolutely. Um, so... We are a very small kitchen team um, post-pandemic, of course, like everyone, um, and it's myself and this wonderful young lady uh, called Amy Hale who has just qualified, which is really exciting, um, and we are really lucky to be able to um, keep it really simple and earthy uh, in the sense that uh, we're using venison from literally, you know, within uh, 12 kilometres down the road. So we've got a really lovely relationship with uh, the Kurzbrachs. Sorry, that was really poorly said. Polish family um, who are, um, you know, doing a really lovely job with uh, keeping bloodlines really, uh, you know, intact with their venison. Um, and Leela, um, who is around my age and actually a school principal and farmer um, is really making some really interesting um, decisions on the farm and being part of a, a, a um, more sustainable um, and, you know, more thought um, thoughtful way of farming and mindful. Um, she's got a history in uh, agriculture science, so she's really trying to do the right thing and, you know, I'm sure that her her and her father come head to head as most of the bucks do, but um, you know they 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 are having a um, a, you know an interesting time in their production. Um, also a big fan of Georgie Rogers, who um, is kind of hospitality royalty around here, but has now turned her hand to uh, raising sheep. So she's again got an amazing. Um, property just just down the road uh, and we're serving Hoggett in the restaurant. Um, we've got Elle uh, who's part of Riverside Farm um, and she has a sheep dairy. So again, just, you know, literally down the road with the eggs from there as well. So we have a, a you know, we like to get to know our producers as do most chefs, I think, um, 
you know, that are trying to put something mindful and careful on the plate. So, yeah, it's really it's really good, and I think it's great for our staff to have access to the farms and to see how things are really grown and and um, produced. Yeah, it's incredible. It must be quite a different experience in the Barossa now uh, as compared to pre-COVID because it was such a place for, you know, a lot of tourists, a lot of tourists from China, for example, you know, buses all the time up and down those roads. Like how different is it now and does it change the food offering? Does it, I mean, yeah, like what's it like? Well, it, yeah. Uh, so you know, prior to prior to the pandemic, we were it was a massive wedding venue, and it was uh, as as you said, really uh, focused on that uh, international guest. Um, and I think it's interesting because uh, we are now back up at the numbers, like prior to the pandemic, but it's a completely different crowd. So you know, uh, you you've got you've got locals actually coming and supporting and we are able to make that connection um, with the, lo- the locals are seeing who uh, they see at the Barossa markets or Mount Pleasant markets are seeing those producers on the plate now, as opposed to us kind of just pumping it out because we had a busload turning up. It's a different, different connection. And I think our wait staff are really um, loving that engagement and, uh, it's yeah, it's, it's you know we've got a lot of Adelaide people coming out since the highway was built. It's a different, it's a totally different feel, um, and you know it's it's not for us. It's not about uh, fifteen different elements. It's about heroing exactly what we've managed to either gather from the garden. Like at the moment, I feel like we're doing pumpkin degustations because I've got 400 pumpkins. So like just all the different ways we can use the things that are coming from the garden or, you know, what we manage to source from our producers. And, you know, that's not every week um, because they're small guys. So we don't want to go to the big farms. So we just, you know, you know, use what we've got and be really mindful about how we put it together and to, to make it the hero Wow, it sounds really satisfying. Um, something else that I can't help but notice as you speak, um, Alana, is that it's all women that you're talking about. Is that a particular focus of yours? Does it just happen that there's women farmers and women workers around or is that something that you're sort of, you know, curating um, purposely? Um, well, yeah, a bit of both. Um, I, you know, I use the best produce, produce I can find and whether that's grown by a man or a woman, um, all of the ones that I've found just happen to be women as well, which is great. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think that I've come from a family um, on both sides uh, that are farmers and have come off the land. And I think it kind of clicked for me a few years ago that my grandmother was actually a farmer. She wasn't just a farmer's wife. She worked just as hard as Pop, maybe in a different way. Maybe she wasn't shearing the sheep, but she certainly was part of that. My aunties are definitely farmers. They've been part of those that, that life and that lifestyle without getting the credit, if that makes sense. Um, so I just think actually, you know, taking a step back and thinking about where things do come from and who was part of that that process and chain is really important. And women have always been the backbone of, of you know, everything that men have done. So, yeah, I think it's time to shine. And what about in the hospitality arena? Is, uh, is like, women in hospitality a focus of yours? Do you, you know, I guess intentionally nurture women who are coming up through the ranks? 
Absolutely. Um, I've I've worked in a couple of all uh, women kitchens and have had some pretty amazing uh, mentors who have been women, and I've really just enjoyed that environment. Um, I do love working with men as well. I've had I've got uh, many many chefs that I admire and work with that um, that happen to be male, um, and that's cool. But I just I think that we have such a dropout rate with apprentices and young people, um, and girls in particular are dropping out faster than boys. So I think creating environments where they are getting what they need, they're feeling, um, you know, part of what hospitality is, which is, you know, love of caring for people and taking care of people and, you know, what you put on the plate um, should reflect who you are and what you do. And if you're being yelled at or if you're in an environment that might be volatile or aggressive, how can you get the best out of someone? Yeah, well, that's a that's a great question, and I suppose the answer is you probably can't. Um, but I mean, it is it is so interesting talking to people who have come up in those environments and you know, been yelled at, done those hard yards. Um, yeah, I mean, there is you don't really hear people these days who think it's okay to pass that on. You know, it was done to me, so I'll do it again. Although at the same time, we know that it still happens. I mean. Do you think there's still a lot of work to do in creating supportive, nurturing, enjoyable environments in kitchens? Absolutely. Um, Definitely. Uh, A few years ago, I was doing a lot of casual work in the city and just, you know, cruising around different kitchens. It was a really good opportunity for me to learn and to, you know, see what was happening in the city because I live on my own um, on a little bit of property in the middle of nowhere, which I do love, but sometimes it can get a little bit <laughs> isolated. Um, so when I was, was you know, doing those shifts in town, it was the same old stories from all of these young, very talented um, and driven chefs about their previous kitchens and where they'd worked. And it was the same old, yeah, I can't believe this happened. This is what we had to do. We worked these hours um, chef used to treat us like this, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, this is what was happening when I was a young person. Haven't we come, you know, haven't we developed and evolved since that point? Um, and I just found that really sad and worrying for the future of hospitality, even, you know, without the pandemic in the mix, that, that shouldn't be um, a badge of honour. It shouldn't be, yeah, I just flogged out 90 hours, you know. that's That shouldn't be celebrated that is that is not okay (laughs) yeah and I know you you know you feel so passionately about this that you're convening a forum on um, toxic hospitality culture can you tell us about that yeah uh so on the 3rd of May we um we have an event happening at the Hawk Centre in Adelaide and uh it it's it's been a little while in the making um and it it's basically a, a panel of very passionate women um, who are in the industry, whether they're business owners, winemakers, uh, managers, chefs, all of the above, um, coming together, uh, hosted by the Commissioner for Equal Opportunity here in South Australia, Jodine Carney, who is just phenomenal and an amazing lady. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do a Q&A style forum and hopefully launch a little self-auditing checklist for businesses to, you know, just see how healthy their kitchens and um, venues are for their staff, especially our young ones. What do you hope – well, let, let's strike back. What do you think people are going to be talking about? Like what sort of specific 
changes do you think businesses will be inspired, hopefully, to make? Yeah, hopefully. Um, I think just checking in with staff and I think the the day of the aggressive um, head chef has to come to an end and I think sometimes those chefs are either chef owners or they have the owners of that venue over a barrel and the and the owner you know the venue owners or managers don't know how to handle it without you know the threat of a walkout and with staff so scarce at the moment I completely understand that but I think there needs to be accountability for that culture um and then you know if you need help with that putting together some tools and some, uh, you know, resources for you to ask for help and how we get it back on track. Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because I guess, like, yeah, it's not acceptable to to yell and be shouty and be abusive, Um, but I guess we know it's an industry where there are are so many pressures, you know, never more than now. Um, What kinds of, I guess, structural changes do you think need to happen to create an environment where it's easier for individuals to be different in in the heat of the moment? Um, look, I think, you know, a lot of us are feeling like we're on the on the verge of burnout, believe it or not, like after, you know, so long down, we're, we're all back up again and, and running and, you know, with staff shortages and, um, you know, customers coming back in droves which is great and we appreciate it but there's still that taking care of uh of your key people who you know are feeling the pressure and are doing the the big hours and are you know uh, you know at, at their wits end at some in some cases i know of a few kitchens that have shut down in the city you know for a week because everyone's got covid like how does that affect your venue and and pays and everything like that. So I think structurally putting in, you know, uh, are we okay and how do we move forward, even if that's closing for an extra service so people can have that morning off or, or you know, there, there, are, there are tools and ways that we can that we can help and change what's happening in the venue without it blowing up and being a problem. Mm. Yeah, it does make me think about venues I've heard that have yeah, perhaps closed a couple of lunches or whatever it is, closed an extra day and realised that it actually isn't the financial hit that you thought it might be, like things do even out when your expenses are lower. Um, but also there is this feeling among so many businesses that they've they've had to be everything to everyone, you know, that they owed it to their community to be open, you know, whenever possible, but that uh, – in a lot of cases, communities are, you know, understand, you know, they, they know that time off's important and they'll just, if they can't come for lunch on a Tuesday, they'll come for lunch on a Thursday. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think, you know, uh, get, getting back to that whole toxic workplace is also, um, you know, the sexual harassment and, and language that, that's being used uh, in in kitchens and in in restaurants needs to needs to change as well. I know that I've totally brought that back somewhere else. I do apologise, but I just needed to put that point in because with the forum, that's probably something we're really going to be looking at is um, sexual harassment and you know treatment of women and girls in particular in um, in those hot volatile environments. Yeah, no, I'm I'm so glad you brought us back to that. So, I mean, what? Um you know, language is so, it's so powerful, but it also can be so complex. Like, is it, I mean, what sort of 
what kind of, I mean, can you template that kind of stuff? Like these words are not okay or these words in this context are not okay or is it just about making people think about, you know, whatever it is they might be saying and how it might be perceived by whoever is around them? I mean, it's, it's, it seems it's, it's a really big one, isn't it? It is huge. It is huge. And without being the PC police, like, you know, I love a bit of banter in the kitchen and, you know, sometimes it gets a bit dirty, but, you know, you know the line, you know, you know where your, where your line is with people. And like, I work with a lot of juniors out here um, and when, like, I totally had to change my, my vocabulary essentially when, it, when I was surrounded by 16 to 18-year-olds. I was like, whoa, okay, this is, this is definitely, you know, and not a venue for that that kind of behavioural language. But I think it's so to, for everyone to be feel included and to be, you know, in a professional space. We we need to really, you know, just take a step back and not not uh, target those who are feeling like they are being persecuted as well. I think that's super important. Like you know, not calling someone soft when they are struggling and you know, acknowledging that people, you know, it's been a really rough couple of years for everyone, every single person on in the planet. So just, you know, acknowledging that and trying to move forward in a, in a space that is inclusive and caring and kind. Yeah. They can never have too much kindness and mindfulness and thoughtfulness about how our behaviours could impact those around us. I mean, do you think you'll also be touching on diverse sexuality and gender? Of course, of course. Kitchens are made up of everyone. Uh, restaurants are made up of, of um, you know, we've got a large multicultural community. We've got people from all walks of life with all different um, experience and lifestyles. So, um, you know, racism, casual racism has been part of that, that culture for a long time. It's got to stop. Like, you know, it's sadly I think what this – forum will illustrate is you know there's some pretty intense stories that will be told on the day um and that's only from one cross section of the community i think that our international kids and um chefs sadly don't have the same uh voice in this one maybe for the next one same with our um queer community as well i think there there is so much scope to for change and we just need to look at what's happened at Parliament House in the last few years to see that it is actually systemic and, you know, Australia-wide. It's not just hospitality, but I think it's a really good place to start. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got to start the change where you are, so good on you for um, driving this. I think it's really, really exciting and I'm sure a lot of people will get a lot out of it. I can't wait to get get on the old Zoom and check it out myself. <laughs> yeah, it should be great. and. Yeah, we've got some um, catering. Simon Bryant's doing some catering, as is um, Big Bad Wolf as well, which is really cool. So even if you're not interested in what the thing is, there's going to be some great food. Tell us about Big Bad Wolf because that's the catering company that you're launching, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, Big Bad Wolf is a little little company that uh, myself, Sarah Turner, and her lovely husband and professional clown, Grant Sanderson, are um, uh, launching at Beer and Barbecue this year. So it should be pretty fun. And um, we're both from completely different backgrounds with food, but we have the same ethos and it's um, it should be so much fun. I can't wait. 
Alana, tell us about working with somebody who's got quite a different approach to you. Like you say, Sarah's got this sort of old school fine dining approach where you're sort of more intuitive, got that real produce driven thing going on. What's it like when you bring those different styles together? Well, I'm learning a lot, which is fantastic because that's what life's all about. Um, it is, I think, for something like beer and barbecue, um, I've done I've done three in the past and it's been so much fun. You know, it's usually torrential rain um, <laughs> and, and pretty, pretty hectic. Um, and Sarah's used to, you know, a 30-seater fine dining restaurant. She's going to learn a lot when she's on my patch and then when we do some um, some interesting catering private jobs, I'll be learning a lot in, in on her patch. But it's 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 great because um, she's got the technique and the the you know real structured way of cooking, whereas mine's just cool, let's just put a bit of this in, we'll see how it goes. So I think combined We'll have so much flavour and and interesting plating and yeah, it's, we've done a few trials with beer and barbecue um, and it's yeah, it's pretty fun. It, it looks a little bit different to what I'm used to, and I'm sure she feels the same. <laughs> oh, that's great! It's just yeah, no end to the things that you can tackle when you've yeah got the skills and the passion. Um, I'd love you to talk about the side project that you're going to start as well, where you're working with people with um, yeah various abilities. Yeah. Um, so one of uh, my favourite people in the world, um, uh, Jace, who is uh, my best friend, he's in Wagga, sadly, and not, not very close to where I am. Um, but we have lots of adventures together um, and Jace happens to be in a wheelchair and we – go and see music gigs and we go to restaurants and we just love, you know, art and culture. And one of the hardest things for Jace is accessibility, especially when he's um, going solo. So getting into um, some venues uh, around Australia has been challenging and, you know, it's all right if you've got someone with you, but when you're on your own, it's a little bit challenging. So um we were talking about that and I was thinking because when we are together, we cook together as well and I'm basically his hands um, and uh, am able to help him put together incredible meals all on his own, um, his thought process and his creativity. So basically why not offer that as a service to people um, locally for me? So, you know, helping with gardening, getting in there and doing meal prep, making a restaurant experience if that's something you want, them to cook for their partner, whatever. Just come in and, and help them put together a, an experience um, uh, under their direction essentially. Wow. So, I mean, that's that just sounds so fun and rewarding and, yeah, enabling for everybody. Like what's it, like almost like your – you're the puppet, like your strings are being pulled, and yeah. So what? What? What sort of has Jace got you like cooking things that you like? Oh, I would never have thought to do that. Or really, you want me to put that in now? Yeah, he's incredible. He's um actually one has got one of the best palettes I've I've ever ever seen. So I I learned from him. Like he he reads up and you know gets into recipes that I would normally never even look at or touch and you know we've we've put together some pretty incredible um meals and just for ourselves why not open a bottle of wine and have a have a great night. But um I just 
I see so much value in that for for everyday people, um, you know, and for myself. You like to learn and, and listen to experiences from other people. And even if it's just, hey, I need a week's worth of um, meal prep, no drama. Let's do it together. Let's Let's get in the kitchen. And what about people perhaps who don't have physical disabilities but have got mental health issues? Like would that be, could you say a, a place for what you do in that as well? Absolutely. Um, I I think that food transcends anything. So, uh, the, you know, having the experience of, you know, someone coming in and and expressing that with you I think would be, you know, if that was something you're into and open to, it could be as easy as if in intellectual disabilities as well. Absolutely. Let's make pikelets. Let's have a great day. You know, it can be as um, simple or as uh, intricate as you like. Yeah. Cause it just makes me think like to open up your senses, like I guess cooking is so much about being in the moment. Tasting is about being in the moment. It, there's um, yeah. And such a beautiful way to create connections and just that sense of, I, I suppose overcoming like problem solving but also yeah connecting with with people uh in yeah a different way and where everyone is able to bring their own perspective and and you know skills brilliance to a situation exactly and you know even if it starts with a a you know a day at the market where we can connect with producers and you know buy produce together it, it's I think you know it's probably that human connection is really missing in the in the world I think and you know it's such a simple thing as cooking a meal um so yeah why not give everyone the opportunity to do it and are you, you going to fit all of these things in while you're still head chef at, at Lindock or is this uh, the next part of your career this is the next step. This is the next step. So, yeah, uh, I think with uh, Beer and Bar- Barbecue launching in July, I'll be taking a step back and um, from Lindock Hill and, yeah, focusing on some other fun stuff. So, yeah, uh, I, I will always have a wonderful relationship with Mandy and Mark and will always be on call, as I have been for the last, last eight years. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll see me there, if, if not in the garden. I'll be... Um, yeah, I'll be around. And, you know, it's been a crazy couple of years, Alana. Obviously, you've come out of it with a lot of energy and, um, yeah, ready to create some change. But if you reflect back on, you know, who you were before the pandemic and who you are now, like, do you feel you're in a better place? Do you feel you've, yeah, like, how do you, how do you process it if, if that's possible? Um, look, I, uh, prior to the pandemic, I was, um, as I said, cruising around Adelaide in different, different, I was catering working festivals, uh, 2020, I had so much work lined up for my business, if you game, um, and then obviously the world stopped. Uh, I went through a pretty dark period as did, I think most people, um, but I was lucky enough to have Lindock Hill down the road, which I had a relationship with. Um, so we we did some pretty cool stuff there and kept ourselves busy um, and as positive as we could. But that time, I think, gave me the opportunity for some self-reflection and, you know, uh, just was able to stop and, you know, put some things in, in order in my own life um and you know 
going from working that 80 hour week to not really <laughs> was, uh, was challenging. Um, and then I kind of, you know, had the opportunity to stop and think about who I am and what I, what I want to be when I grow up and what change I can possibly, you know, make to my own life. So yeah. Um, it's been a journey as it has for everyone, I think. Yeah. Well, it sounds quite profound. I mean, would you say out of that is, is what's prompted you to, uh, set up the forum and try to create this industry wide shift? Definitely. Um, a hundred percent. I think the older you get, the less you care about what people think. And I don't need to really impress anyone anymore. Um, other than the people I care about. So, you know, having these conversations, I don't really care who I upset or piss off. It's time for change and um, someone needs to drive it. So, yeah. Bloody love it. So I- good. <laughs> good on you. Um, oh, Lana, I've just absolutely loved this conversation. Is there anything else that you would like to say? Uh, be kind to each other, guys. Life's short. That's about it. <laughs> All right. Um I will leave you to your many layered pumpkin creations and um, stay in touch. I look forward to checking out the forum and yeah, um, eating some, eating some barbecue that you cook for me one day, but great to chat to you. Oh, absolutely, mate. Come on down. (laughs) Nice to meet you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Alana. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is...